His name is Ish Berry, and this is Berry Media Unrestricted. He explores the city of Houston, looking for people who are not afraid to get unrestricted. Interesting men and women who have an extraordinary journey, doing the kind of things that make great stories to tell for the rest of us. Now get ready for Unrestricted. Ladies and gentlemen, this is another all new episode of the Unrestricted Podcast brought to you by Barry Media. I'm your host, Ish Barry. Tonight on the show, we have we have a dual threat here, people. We have a drag king and queen. We have Biconic in the building. Hey, welcome, everybody. welcome, How welcome. How you doing? Glad we can make this happen. Absolutely. Um, I guess we could start from the beginning. How did you? I don't even know. I don't even know how to ask the question. Like, how did you become a drag king and queen? Okay. <laughs> and yeah. tell the people what that is exactly. Okay. Um, so drag queen is what you're seeing right now. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and drag kings are typically, but not exclusively, um, AFAB performers um, that dress up as hyper-masculine individuals. And um, for those of you at home, AFAB stands for Assigned Female at Birth. So they may no longer identify with the female label, but we're kind of all under that umbrella. Um, However, there are drag kings that are AMAB, Assigned Male at Birth, and there are drag queens like myself that are AFAB. Uh, We're also known as bio queens or hyper queens. A lot of us kind of you know, don't really care about those labels because at the end of the day, we're performers just like anybody else. Okay, yeah, I'm old school. I, I remember hyper queen. Mm-hmm. I remember that. That's an old school term. Yeah. Damn. So how did you get? Where you, I guess start from the beginning here. Mm-hmm. Where are you from? What was your upbringing like? Um, so I was actually a military brat. So okay. uh, the where you're from question sucks because <laughs> we're from everywhere. Um, I think I moved 11 times by the time I was 18. So. God damn. Yeah, a little bit of everywhere. I started school in Italy, moved to the States, jumped all over the U.S. Um, But I was born in Virginia originally. And after I turned 21, I decided to join the service and I was in the Army for three years, active duty. Dope. Thank you for your service. Appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Never know how to respond to that. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. It all sounds douchey. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was, I mean, it was good experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciated, you know, the opportunity to serve in that capacity. And I decided to get out and I was like, all right, I'm going to go back to school. And somewhere, um, I mean, I, if we're going all the way back mm-hmm. to the yeah. beginning here, right? So everybody's got a different, you know, queer story. Mm -hmm. Um, Mine was maybe a little bit more unique. I always knew that I was bisexual before I even knew what the term was. Um, I can remember being four or five, six years old, watching cartoons and wondering why, like, the girl always ended up with the prince, you know? Yeah. I was like, but she's really hot. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it was confusing, you know? And uh, when I started kindergarten, I remember specifically having a crush on a girl named Chelsea Mm -hmm. and a crush on a boy named Mike. And as is the bisexual struggle, they liked each other and didn't know I existed. So. Oh, that sucks. Damn. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, so I, I kind of always knew, um, but I didn't come out until I was 18. Okay. And um, 
then when I was in the service, it was during Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Mm. So that was a really hard time um, because me and the rest of the queer community that served, we had to, you know, keep Just things keep on, the low, on the basically. on the down low. And um, I will say that there is kind of a, a by privilege, if you will, that we can date both. So if we are in heteronormative looking relationships, if we're dating the opposite sex, then, you know, no one bats an eye. Um, but that yeah. was, it was hard knowing that I had to be a different and not completely full version of myself. Gotcha. Um, so once I got out of the service, you know, I decided that I was going to live as unapologetically as possible. And um, fast forward to moving to a few different states after that, um, I eventually settled in Houston and there is a massive, wonderful, um, just incredibly inviting, inclusive queer community mm. in Houston. Um, they're, they're wonderful. And I started going out a little more after, you know, we started getting uh, waxed, vaxxed, and ready to relax. <laughs> so I went to this show called Mary's Kids, okay. and at the time it was at the old location. Now it's uh, downtown, so uh, I highly Hamburger recommend Mary's, right? Hamburger okay, Mary's. Yeah. Go check that out. Um, they've got a new location, you guys. It's gorgeous, massive. Yeah, it's like right on wonderful. Prairie and San Jacinto, Prairie. Correct. And yeah, I live literally yep. two blocks from there. So I can literally <laughs> get out, walk. <laughs> yep, it's right off of Prairie. Prairie so, yeah. but back back in the day, not that long ago, um, it was located right next to buddies Houston mm -hmm. um, in Montrose Josh, yeah. and at the time they had this show called Mary's Kids and I started going and I thought the cast was just wonderful and they were so nice and they'd stay afterwards and kind of socialize with the crowd a little bit and I added a couple of performers on Facebook you know like a total fan and uh, one of them I struck up a conversation with and we talked on and off and became friends over a period of like eight months okay and I kept saying how cool I thought it would be to perform, okay, yeah. to be a drag performer. Because I've been going to drag shows since I was 18 at the 18 and plus clubs. And then once I was 21, you know, yeah. beyond. And um, I'm turning 29 in September now. So it's... Your it's Libra? Been a, I'm not a, no. Okay, what's the one before Libra? Virgo? Uh, oh, Libra. I thought you said leap year. Oh, no, 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 like, Libra. It's not I'm a leap signs. year. I'm sorry, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> what year is it? Where am I? No, um, it really did feel like that after the pandemic, though. You yeah. know, I like concept of time is just completely skewed. But yes, I'm a Libra. Okay. And um, anyways, I, uh, I've been enjoying drag now for about a decade. And in that whole time though, I never really saw myself on stage. And so when I started talking to this one performer, Mackenzie Scales, shout out Mackenzie. Yeah, buddy. Hey, um, they became a really good friend to me and encouraged me to you know, go out and do this if there was something I was really interested in. And I sat on it for a while and then they competed in this drag show called Drag It On Six. Okay. Um, over at Rebar, hosted by Blackberry and Andy. And 
they had a challenge where they had to turn somebody into drag that had never been in drag before. Oh. And I just happened to go watch them at that competition the week before mm -hmm. where they announced this is next week's challenge and we just kind of looked at each other and it was like, all right, this is gonna happen. <laughs> oh. Yep, and so I uh, I got roped into drag by being a part of their their competition. We did a uh, Ursula versus Maleficent kind of like fight scene. It was really yeah. cool, and you know, of course, I was the big bodied Ursula, <laughs> and nice. I was hooked ever since then. It's I mean, it hasn't been that long now. I'm uh, a drag embryo, as I like to say. <laughs> Um, I not love your quite words. a drag child yet. Yeah. I am an embryo. I am in the petri dish, <laughs> and it has been since October. Okay. So I had to do the math for it. Yeah, like, a couple, yeah, couple months. Okay. A couple yeah. of months. Yeah, not long. Um, so it took about two months to figure out that this was the face that I wanted to do, and it's an amalgamation of a lot of different um, styles that I enjoyed seeing in other performers over the years. And you know, every drag performer says, "This is my face." Then give it a year, and they're doing something yeah, different. Yeah. So I'm sure it'll continue to evolve. Of course. Um, However, the drag king thing kind of spawned from Dragon on Six as well, oh, because okay. that night when I went to um, go and support my friend in this competition, there was someone who had a cameo performance at the uh, competition, and they were drag king. And it was the first time I'd ever seen a drag king in person. Shout out Hugh Dandy. Um, and they're fantastic, and I was instantly like, okay, now I'm seeing someone that looks a little bit more like me yeah. on stage. This is really cool. I got to find out about this. So, you know, I did some digging online and that's how I came across a queer spot that I would go drink with my girlfriends a lot over the last year, Pearl Bar. Um, apparently they have a drag king show every Wednesday and it is fantastic. I highly recommend. Um, if you've never seen Drag Kings perform, um, they also have non-binary performers. They've got everyone under the umbrella okay. of queer. Um, there's drag king queens, kings, non-binary, uh, trans performers, uh, performers that are just goblins and ghouls with no label. Um, <laughs> fantastic, wonderful uh, people there. There's so much talent, and because it's not right on that Montrose Strip with a lot yeah. of the other gay bars, a lot of people don't know about these shows out there, so I highly recommend go checking that out. Um, they're incredible, and once I started seeing these performers, I realized that I had found my home bar, and um, I performed there as a drag queen and a drag king. My drag king's persona's name is Panorama. Okay. So while Biconic is the bisexual icon you didn't know you needed. <laughs> I love it. Panorama love it. is a big bitch. You need a wide <laughs> angle lens. <laughs> I love it. So they're, uh, they're fun. They're similar but different mm -hmm. in the same way that bisexuality and pansexuality is similar but different. different absolutely. Um, so a lot of people get confused, you know, like, oh, there's new terms, there's new labels, how do I keep up with it? You know, um, but within the queer community, it's amazing how over the last two decades especially, we've really found a way to put a name to um, 
how we identify and yeah. how we feel and what we're attracted to. And for some people, it gives them um, a better sense of self. And for others, it's so that they can help people around them figure out like, oh, okay, that's your that's your vibe, you yeah. know. Um, so for me, like I said, I've me out of drag. Um, by my government name, that person <laughs> yeah. has always known that they were bisexual. Um, but I met a drag queen not long after I started, and um, they were a little bit tipsy, so they were a little unfiltered, and they made a comment about how the term bisexual was outdated, and they thought that it wasn't as inclusive as it should be. And it sparked this um, really productive conversation yeah. about the difference between like bisexuality and pansexuality. And um, for bisexuals, at least for myself, you know, I can only speak to how I identify within that label. But as a bisexual, um, I am attracted to people that are like me and not like me. So. Wait, hold on, write about me again. Um, <laughs> so people that look like me mm -hmm. and people that are not like me. Gotcha. That's okay. thus the bi. Okay. Um, however, as a bisexual, I, I have types. You yeah, know, there's very yeah, we all have preferences. Yeah, I have my preferences for sure. You know, I know when I look at a woman, like what I'm attracted to mm -hmm. in women, and I know that when I look at male identifying individuals, you know, what I'm attracted to in men, and I'm attracted to trans women and trans men because trans is, you know, a um, a descriptor of the journey. But they yeah. are trans men are men, trans women are women. Mm -hmm. So anyone that thinks that the term bisexual doesn't include that is ill-informed yeah um, however pansexuals I have at least from the conversations I've had with other friends that are identify as pansexual um, they've stated that they're more attracted to the person first and then the outside packaging is kind of the afterthought. Gotcha. Right, and so I love that concept. I personally don't identify as that, but I, I love the idea of that and I wanted to embody that in a portion of my drag because I think it's it's beautiful. Yeah. And so Panorama um, is a fuckboy. <laughs> um, not to say that pansexuals are, that's not where I'm going, but he is a fuck yeah. boy. And he wants everyone and he thinks everyone wants him. I love it. Whereas Biconic, she wants all the women in the room and the men just, you know, yeah. they're there. Hello. <laughs> you can I love that character. So yeah, we uh, I, I have a lot of fun with both of them. Mm -hmm. They are very separate personalities. Their performance styles are, yeah. are different as well. Um, Panorama is currently undergoing some facial reconstruction. Okay. Um, okay. And by that I mean I'm I'm giving him a little bit of extra makeup right now. Okay. Um, so he'll make his reappearance shortly. Because um, right now he kind of looks like a used car dealer, <laughs> and it's just you know. Those are usually the fuck boys. I'm sorry. <laughs> on brand, oh. on brand. But see, here's the thing: he wants to be a fuck boy that you want to fuck. Okay, okay, gotcha. So Not some sleazy used car salesman trying to get you. To you know, because everyone wants a sleazy you know? guy to perform for yeah, them, right? That's true. <laughs> so yeah, we're we're working on that. Um, but he will be making reappearance shortly. And um, he is a fan of the 80s. He loves rock music. Mm. Um, he 
if he is not trying to find an excuse to strip down to his chest plate and serenade <laughs> you, he is rocking out. Um, whereas Biconic, she is a big fan of ballads, high energy music, and she also likes to do storytelling okay. in her music. So uh, they're the same person, but also separate. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of fun. That's dope. Have you ever did both in the same night? Oh God! Can you, can you imagine putting this face on and then what makeup wipes yeah. and oil cleanser and just ah and then drawing a whole new face? <laughs> and I've got what maybe 15 minutes to do that. Come on! I, I, I had to ask. I was like, that would be interesting. Yeah. One of these days, I'll have somebody ask me, and I will look at them as crazy as I just looked at you. <laughs> Mm -hmm. if, if you had to pick just one, uh -huh. who would you say is more fun? Oh, see, I don't think I could do that. Fair enough. They fair are enough. both so much fun. Um, they are, you know, since they are versions of my creativity, I say that they're brother and sister. Mm. And so they are... Um, they are double trouble. They are what Rocket Power wishes they were. Yeah. You know, a uh, little Pokemon reference there yeah. for you old folks like myself. <laughs> and me. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, no, they're they're both a lot of fun. Like I said, their styles are just, they're different. They're different. But um, I've had a couple people tell me that they have uh, have a crush on Panorama. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of positive reception as Biconic as well. So. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, the crowd just likes to be entertained, you know, and uh, I definitely bring that. That's dope. <laughs> so walk me through the process of transforming into to both. Okay. Um, so it's definitely different. Okay. Um, I think that there's, perhaps it's spoken, perhaps it's not, but I think that there is a misconception that um, because drag queens uh, it's so obvious how much extra they're putting on mm -hmm. to transform that um, people might assume that drag kings, oh, well, you're not wearing hip pads and a breastplate, so you're not doing a full transformation like we do. And that's not the case. Yeah. I am here to clear that up. Okay, please. Uh, yeah. So for drag queens, um, typically we have um, whatever undergarments we have that kind of holds everything together. Um, I saw in a movie once somebody goes, well, what's going to come falling out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it holds it, you know, holds it all together. And then um, we'll have some padding, you know, that'll mm -hmm. kind of give the, the hips and the booty a little oomph. Oh, yeah. Um, and the size of that is dependent on the performer and the fantasy that they're giving you. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, some people have breastplates. Some people grow them naturally. <laughs> and, you know, um, we uh, we have a little something, something, something up here. Yeah. Uh, some people don't wear plates, though, you know, yeah. because uh, all titties matter. Absolutely. You know, we love yeah. them in all sizes and shapes, and I love my flat-chested girls just as much. Um, I will play the drums on your nipples, honey. I don't <laughs> um, That's the trail right there for this episode. Yeah. There you go, right there. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> you know, and then if it's like me, you're playing the bongos. But anyways, um, 
no so you know there's the undergarments mm -hmm. um and then you have your uh, your tights and most people prefer the dance tights because they're you know thicker you want something that's opaque yeah um and you'll have on two three pairs of tights damn and, right i never knew that right Holy so think cow. about that you've got the corset you've got the tights you've got the breastplate yeah and then whatever your footwear is, and then your costume on top of that. And now we've got our wig cap, and then we've got our wig, and all the glue to hold all that together. And then you start on the face. Damn. So it's a process. And that's gotta be hot. Oh yeah, especially in Houston. Are you yeah, kidding yeah. me? Whew. During the summer months. I'm saying, right and some people have outdoor shows in the daytime. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen. I those, think yeah. they are sadists. I'm gonna say right. that to the camera. You are a sadist <laughs> if you enjoy that. I mean, as a performer, as as a show director, if you enjoy putting somebody in all of that packaging in the hot sun in the middle of the summer at noon. Yeah. <laughs> blessings unto you, my child, because Damn. I cannot. <laughs> wow. But no, seriously though, yeah. it's it's incredible what um, what these performers go through Absolutely. and the fact that they're able to pull all that together under any kind of, you know, climate, mm -hmm. day or night. Um, and give you a show and it's something that's so it looks so effortless and entertaining to the you know, to the audience, but there's a lot that goes on, you know, behind the scenes to of make course, that happen yeah. and um, you know, for your makeup, you've got to lay your base and then you've got your foundation, your contour. Um, you've got, um, I like to use the, the clown white makeup, you know, obviously, yeah. and, um, whatever eyeshadow, whatever primer you're using, your lipstick, your mascara, your lashes, your, you know, you got to glue down your brow. So I've got Elmer's glue on Damn. and then I got to hold a hair dryer to it. And then I got to go in again. And fun fact, if you wet your fingers just a little bit, smooth it over that Elmer's glue, it'll make it nice and flat. And then you got to put your foundation on top of that and then powder on top of that to set it and then go in with whatever eye makeup and then draw new brows. Oh, bloody <laughs> hell, damn. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot, damn. but it's it's worth it. All for a three to five minute song. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So how yeah. long is like the makeup process? I heard for some drag queens that's probably the longest thing, right? Um, yeah, I, I would say for most people that that part of the process is the longest. Some people will get ready at home and show up to venue ready to go. Others mm -hmm. will do everything else and then do their face at the venue because it is, you know, yeah. such a process. Um, but I would say for me, uh, my drag queen face um, probably takes about 45 minutes to an hour. Okay. I did it in 15 minutes once and I do not recommend. Yeah. That's that is not the tea. <laughs> yeah, no, I, <laughs> not I at all. Um, my drag king uh, persona transformation and mm -hmm. makeup is a whole separate journey. Okay. Um, because I will say this once on record because I get this question asked all the time. Okay, okay, let's hear it. And I am tired of answering it. Um, my chest is a 40K. Damn, okay. Not a double, not a triple D, not a G, not an H, not an I, not a J. <laughs> we're at a K. Yes, I too did not know there were that many letters until I was living it. Uh, I'm sorry, Jeff. <laughs> I have an episode I recorded last month. Uh -huh. It'll drop probably next month because I, I drop episodes every other week. I had a woman on that was that is a 36O. And oh, <laughs> oh! I can show you the behind the scenes video. 
I, I think we are all very interested in seeing <laughs> this. And I'll keep you updated personally when the episode this drops. This O-chest goddess, bless you. Bless you. Because the K's are enough for me to carry around. <laughs> I'm telling you. And when you're transforming into a king, you know, you having a large chest is yeah. difficult. And um, some of the kings I know with slightly smaller chests will use trans tape and that kind of helps you um, not to get too graphic here yeah. but you're putting your nipples in your armpit oh damn okay you okay, are gotcha. literally taping everything to the side and it is it is as uncomfortable as it sounds um, yeah. <laughs> it's like a corset for your chest so you know that's a thing um, but for me I have uh, I found some kind of backwards way uh, my chest I use one of those uh, they're about this tall um, elastic waist wraps and I use okay. it on my chest and just cinch it as much as I can because Damn. tape is not gonna cut it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They do make binders for plus size, um, but those are a lot of trial and error as well. You gotta find the ones that work best for you. Um, but anything to, to lay the chest down as flat as it'll go, and then um, you have your chest plate. If you don't wear a chest plate, some people will contour to kind of make it look like they have pecs. Gotcha, you yeah, know? I see that, yeah. Um, and uh, I've even seen some people draw fake nipples on their, you know, now that that one's moved yeah. to the side, they'll draw one and then do the contour. So there's a there's whole- There's a ton of creative ways. It's a whole process. And then of course you've got your, your costuming and drag kings are notorious for, um, we will rhinestone anything that we can uh, tape down. <laughs> like a rhinestone anything cowboy. That we, uh, we are rhinestone cowboys. Anything we can get our hands on, like we're going- It's like the Taco Bell box. Just like my Taco Bell box. I'm saying. <laughs> so we, uh, we buy stones in bulk. <laughs> we have to um, <laughs> because we stone everything. Um, there's a lot more uh, designers right now in the drag community that do custom clothing for drag queens than okay. for drag kings. So yeah. I will say that on the costuming part of drag kings, it's a challenge to find, you know, all these different variety of looks for yourself when you gotcha. don't have someone making that kind of like never custom that. male yeah. clothing or male presenting clothing yeah. for a female body. There are things diverted to um, queens. Yeah. Right, right. And so oh, okay. um, a lot of times we have to start with, um, unless you sew yourself, yeah. you have to start with a pedestrian base, as we call it, which is, you know, street clothes, yeah. and then make it drag. Huh. Um, which is a whole process, thus the, you know, the rhinestones and buying interesting fabrics to overlay, cutting things up, yeah. you know, kind of like, okay, here's our base, but now we're going to make it something completely different. Hmm. Um, and that's, you know, a fun and creative process itself. Um, you know, most drag kings start out with their standard suit and, you know, um, maybe something like a, a cop outfit or a construction yeah. worker, you know, something that's yeah. a little bit predictable. But we we blossom from there into finding, you know, you gotta have is, the shades, gotta have. The yeah, <laughs> yeah, something that makes your dude yeah. who he is. Yeah. You know, um, personally, I like to pop suspenders on my nipples, but you know, oh, to each damn. your own. You know, <laughs> just a little. It's a it's mind you, yeah. it's chest plate, yeah. so you don't you don't yeah, you're see not it. hurting yourself. <laughs> right, <God>. right. <laughs> 
<laughs> but um, I mean, it it gets really creative. I just saw a show at Pearl um, yesterday where a guy was getting um, his tip staple gunned to him. So, <laughs> you know, we absolutely uh, love to have a little fun and uh, keep it creative. Yeah. And um, if you've never seen a drag king before, um, like I said, in Houston specifically, Pearl Bar is a great way to have that opportunity on a Wednesday night. Gotcha. Um, but outside of that, uh, fun fact, Mary's Kids is relaunching at the new location. Okay. And one of the cast members of Mary's Kids is a drag king from Pearl. Okay. So okay, cool. you will get to see a newer drag king there as well, which is fantastic. Um, I will say that drag kings are, in my opinion, some of the unsung performers of the drag community. And I, agree with that, yeah. I would love to see them included in more shows mm -hmm. um, across, not just across Houston, but yes, you know, overall, um, it's fantastic when you have the opportunity as either a performer or as an audience member to see an eclectic cast. Mm -hmm. And you know, I get excited when I see drag kings on posters and non-binary performers and um, drag queens and um, openly trans performers and. Yeah. You know, it's just our community is so vast and colorful and creative, and it would be a shame for us to pigeonhole just one section of drag when we could be showcasing that entire community. I agree. You know, so yeah, it's uh, if you are only used to seeing drag queens on RuPaul, I highly encourage you to open your mind and open your. Yeah, that's a small percentage. Not nothing against it is a drag small waste, percentage. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's so much out there. <laughs> Absolutely. And kind of speaking of uh, drag queens, who mm -hmm. are some of your the people you look up to, both the queen and king side? Okay. Um, for the queen side, I would definitely say, of course, I'm partial. Mm -hmm. I have to say my drag mom. You oh, know? of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, love you, Mackenzie Let me Mackenzie get Mackenzie scales. right where you're sitting at. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in here. saying. <laughs> so, of course, she she definitely inspires me. Mm -hmm. um, I also love uh, Trixie Mattel. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I like anybody that doesn't take themselves too seriously. Yeah. And both as a performer and as a business, um, I guess I'd say businesswoman when she's Trixie, mm -hmm. a business person, they're very inspiring. Um, so I, I enjoy seeing what they do. Um, I also love Bob the Drag Queen. Okay, yeah. Bob yeah. is amazing and hilarious. Yeah, awesome podcast too. Monet yeah. Exchange is really funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I, I love performers that find a way to insert their, whatever their personality is, mm -hmm. because drag is already extra and over yeah, the top and course. big, and the bigger the better, but it, if you can find a way to put you in that, in a way that the audience is like, oh, that's, that's that brand, that's that person, yeah. like that's a hard thing to do to set yourself apart from you know all the wonderful amazing creative performers around you and be like this is what I do yeah. and this is me in a package and i think that's really cool when i get to see that and especially if they can you know make me laugh and have a great rack while they're doing it it's it's a win <laughs> <laughs> yep, I agree. Um, but for drag kings, um, I love Riverglass. Um, I think that they're super talented. Um, I also really like Landon Sider. They were okay. on, um, oh gosh, why am I blanking? Um, not Dragula? 
No. Um, the Boulay brothers have okay. a. Oh yeah. Um, <coughs> Excuse me. Have a uh, a drag show which that used to be on Netflix. I don't think it is anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but Netflix it is on a streaming platform. Um, they have a drag competition that's just for like gory, filthy, yeah. like creature type performers, which I think is you know again a whole other side of drag yeah. that a lot of people don't know exists. And so you know if you're the scary movies kind of person, if you think you're the lost member of the Adams family, that stuff <laughs> is for you. So uh, yeah, Land Insider is fantastic. Um, Riverglass is great. Um, Mud the Two Spirit is wonderful. Um, Andy Horhall, um, yeah. they come to Houston sometimes. Mm -hmm. They're a lot of fun to watch. Um, Roman Wild um, is another performer from Alaska that comes to Houston sometimes. Um, they're so much fun, just high energy all over the place. They're, yeah. they're great. And of course, I um, wouldn't have known about uh, drag kings in Houston if it weren't for Hugh Dandy, so I gotta show love to them. Uh, Ladarius Mirage Jackson is one of my absolute favorite dancing drag kings. Um, his style of dance is just so infectious. Everything that he, he does, he tells a story when yeah. he dances, and I absolutely love it. Um, Nibbles on Bits is such a high energy performer. Um, that drag king is so much fun to watch. They, um, it's almost like they have like a pop lock style to their yeah. dance, which is really, really cool to see and the way that they move around the stage. I know they did the uh, the kickback with Blackberry a while ago and yeah. um, performed at Rebar when Saint was here. And um, so yeah, there's a lot of um, drag kings in Houston and in other states that are doing big things right now. It's a lot of fun to watch. Dope, dope. Um, how do you come up with your performances? For both, oh, <laughs> that's yeah. a good dual threat. They gotta be different, it, you know. They, yeah, like yeah. I said, they definitely are. So um, it's, I mean, usually what happens first is I find the song first. Mm -hmm. um, occasionally it'll work the other way where it's concept and then it's song. Okay. Um, but usually I'll, I'll listen to a song and I'll be like, oh, it would be really funny if someone did X, Y, and Z, okay. and then find a way to execute that. Um, I, uh, I try to think outside of the box. I try to bring stuff to the stage that I haven't personally seen yet. As much mm. as I love a top 40 performance, because everyone yeah. loves to hear their either all-time favorite or current favorite music yeah. being played at a bar. Of and course, if you get yeah. to watch someone beautiful <clears throat> dancing and lip-syncing at the same time, then all the better, right? Yeah. So I do love that, but I also, like I said, I love the storytelling aspect of it. So I try to, like with Taco Bell, <laughs> you know, um, attaching a giant taco to a bell yeah. costume and bedazzling and stoning the crap out of it and then stoning a to-go box just to really take it home and you know she's got the little Dumb. taco bell That's there dumb. on the side um so yeah i like to you know find ways to tell stories um with my drag and i think that that's equal parts um costume song choice and performance gotcha so i i had an instance actually funny story yeah. where um 
when I was a drag king, um, during one of my performances, towards the end, I was moonwalking backwards. Nice. And it was until I lost my balance and broke my oh. arm on stage. During the Damn, performance. Sorry, yeah, crap. Oh, no, it was fun. I finished the performance. Oh. That's the important part. Kudos to you. With a broken arm, I was like, Damn. you know what? This number's almost done. We got this. And so I finished the performance. But I, the problem was I had a few more, um, I had, I think, two more bookings that month. Okay. And then I had a cameo coming up. And I was like, okay, well, now I have a broken arm. What are we going to do? Shit. And so my next performance, um, I did... I was like, okay, well, I'm in a cast. Well, I wasn't in a cast yet. I was in a sling first. Okay. So I was in a sling, and I was like, all right, I, now I'm throwing out the idea I had before. I'm going to have to do a different number and incorporate this sling. Ah. So I chose, um, was it Martina McBride's Broken Wing? Okay, oh. And I basically found... Um, a moving, uh, what I believe was tasteful way of giving a, um, a storyline of, it was Broken Wing, um, Goodbye Earl, and Breakaway. Okay. I put all those together and had a couple other people jump in at different parts of the number, and essentially it was showing a DV survivor um, getting out of a bad relationship and then finding themselves. Okay, okay. And all of that Creative. spawned from me breaking my arm on stage. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then, you know, sometimes I'll just hear something and I'll be like, how ridiculous would it be? Like this, I have to blame Doja Cat yeah. because she's partnered with Taco Bell right now. And I don't know if yeah, you follow her that. on TikTok, but she, um, she made this ridiculous rap about Mexican pizza. And I'm like, I can put that in a drag number. <laughs> and so Look at you. Oh, shit. I incorporated that with a song I knew from YouTube forever ago that was about tacos. And okay. Taco Bell with an E was born. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, you just, uh, you know, keep the wheels turning, keep yeah. your mind open, and uh, try to find stuff that speaks to you. And hopefully you'll find an audience that it speaks to as well. Okay. Yeah. If you could change one thing about the community, what would it be? Oof. <laughs> Oof. All right, uh, how much tea we want to spill? <laughs> I, uh, okay. Whole can full. He said he's thirsty. <laughs> okay. Um, no, honestly, the community as a whole and the community in Houston, like I said, I have almost nothing but good things to say about it. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. It's very inviting. Um, the thing about drag is it's allowed me to connect with the queer community in a way that I wasn't able to before. Gotcha. Okay. Um, what I've found, not just for myself, but for others, is that um, you become a fan of your friends mm -hmm. and you become friends with your fans. Yeah. So it really does connect all of us in like a beautiful, incredible way. And we get to exercise our creativeness and be, I mean, it doesn't get much more queer than this. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> like you get to be your absolute untethered self in yeah. the best way possible and just live your truth as loudly as possible and you find people that are doing the same thing and it feels like a second family and um, I, I never feel truer to myself than when I'm on stage, you know, just being a bisexual hot mess. <laughs> I love it. So, um, yeah, I, I love that. I will say I love the fact that um, Houston is full of stages and yeah, full of opportunity. 
and there are many show directors that are very open to all different types of drag. Um, so I'm grateful that I've been received well and had the opportunity to perform um, at Eagle, Rebar, Hamburger Mary's, Pearl, Barcode, um, and I'm sure I'm forgetting one, yeah. but, um, and most of that was in my first four or five months of drag. Oh, that's dope, congrats. So thank you. Um, and I mean, I have nothing but the show directors to credit for that, yeah. you know, like they, they really give us these opportunities and a lot of these places have open stage nights where, you know, oh, yeah. new performers can come on and showcase what they do. And um, that's incredible. So I would just say that um, if I could change anything, I would say that I would want um, both the community as in the audience and um, the drag community to continue to keep an open mind mm -hmm. and maybe open your mind even more as to what drag can be and what it can look like. Yeah. Because like I said earlier tonight, there's just so many wonderful performers that don't all fit into like the very um, specific box that we immediately associate drag with. Yeah. And I would love to continue to see those different performance styles showcased. Good, good, good. I know this is a ways away, but you have any plans, anything lined up for Pride? I um, say it'll be here before we know it. <laughs> it will be here before we know it. Um, you will definitely see Biconic and Panorama um, around Montrose being absolutely absurd um, during <laughs> Pride it. Month. I don't want to give anything away too soon. Fair so enough, okay. I, I will just say that you will be seeing my face, I can assure you. Um, as for what's coming up next, um, this next month I have two performances at Pearl on May 4th and May 11th. Okay. And then um, the last Tuesday of May, um, I will be performing at uh, Monet Love Show in Eagle, uh, okay. the Brick House Fun House, which celebrates plus size drag performers. Yeah. So we love to see that. Yes, yes. Absolutely. And that's that's exactly what I mean, having shows that, you know, showcase yeah. all these different, whatever that is, whether it's different size performers or different performance styles, you know, give me the gore, give me the big bodies, give me the sexy, give me the burlesque, yeah. give me everything. <laughs> no, that's right. Let's wrap this up. I want to thank you so much Absolutely. for uh, spending your Thursday evening with me here at the podcast headquarters. Where can people find you at on social media? On social media, I would say the best place to find me is Instagram, okay. um, the Biconic. So just Biconic, B-I-C-O-N-I-C. The Biconic and Instagram. Uh, you can also find Biconic, aka Pan Panorama, on Facebook mm -hmm. and on TikTok. And I believe that's where we're at right now is TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. Okay. But my Instagram is where I uh, spend the most time putting out all of my info and upcoming shows. So okay, I highly cool. encourage, encourage you to engage. Nice. Yeah, I just got on TikTok glass. It'll be a week tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> Welcome. I'm like, hey, you know, I use this another revenue to promote the podcast. Yeah. And I blame the pandemic so for that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, and guys, thank you for watching or listening to this episode. Absolutely. And remember, for us, us here at the Unrestricted Podcast, we're on TikTok at 
the unrestricted podcast oh let me double check that like i said it'll be a week <laughs> tomorrow yes the unrestricted podcast on tiktok um we have show clips and behind the scenes stuff there also on twitter at barry media underscore you are the what's the other one instagram is uh the unrestricted podcast and facebook i don't deal with facebook no more it's just my personal page <laughs> That, that's that. So remember to like, share this episode. However you're listening or watching us, give a like and share. It helps with the analytics and for more people to reach us. And, oh, we do have a Patreon now. If you want to support the podcast uh, monetarily, um, you can sign up for as little as $1. Dollar a month. You can help this podcast. Come on Feed now. us here so we can get more food in here. I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, let's talk about it. That's right. <laughs> we appreciate everybody for wherever you are for tuning in. And uh, as we close this out, remember to take care of yourselves and each other. And most importantly, keep an open mind. Until next time, folks. Good night. Want to help the channel remain upstanding and dedicated to the truth? then consider becoming a channel patron. The link to our Patreon account is in the description below.